and welcome everyone to this online conversation hosted by the European Centre for International Political Economy on the economic and broader societal value of intellectual property, or IP, for the EU and its member states. My name is Jackie Davis, and today I'm very pleased to welcome Philippe Hirtz to this conversation. Philippe is Director General of SESIMO, the European Association of the Machine Tool Industries and Related Manufacturing Technologies, an IP-intensive sector which was among those examined in the recent ESIP study on the benefits of intellectual property rights in EU free trade agreements. Very warm welcome, Philippe, and great to have you with us. Can I just dive straight in? How important is this issue that we're talking about? How crucial are intellectual property rights for the sectors that your organization represents? Thank you very much, Shaki. So, as you may know, SISIMO is an umbrella organization for the European machine tool industries and related manufacturing technologies, um, such as additive manufacturing, for example. So, along with other industries, indeed, our sector is part of a group that makes intensive use of intellectual property rights, such as patents, trademarks, industrial designs, and copyright. Competitiveness and technology superiority are the main characteristics that distinguish our machine tool builders on a global level. And therefore, intellectual property rights and protecting our producers are our top priorities. So when we talk about innovations, it's important to stress that each innovation is like an investment project. For our producers, it's important that IPR provisions create the potential to achieve a better balance between risk and returns of investments. So IPR in this way helps the economic development of a country by promoting health competition and encouraging industrial development and economic growth. And you talk you talk there about different types. You talked about patents, trademarks, you mentioned copyrights and so on. Are what types of IP are most important for you, or are they all equally important? And, and is this changing over time? At this stage, I would like to say something on the debate on additive manufacturing 3D printing, as it got a lot of attention recently. So we have followed closely the debate on additive manufacturing and we have been looking at the implications of additive manufacturing or 3D printing on the current IPR policy framework. And we have been providing facts and information on this subject to policymakers and industry stakeholders in general. And there are a lot of misconceptions around this topic. And it's important to say that there is no evidence that shows a link between additive manufacturing growth and the increase of intellectual property rights infringements in any sector portion of the market. In Europe, the law is effectively regulating this technology and its different applications. And this statement was also supported by the European Commission study, I think the the intellectual property implications of the development of industrial 3D printing was the name of the study. And the case is published in May 2020. And the study also highlighted that only a few areas would need to be further investigated, like for example, cat files protection, and confirm that the IPR law in Europe protects IP owners from most of the infringements. So those are the, that is one of the key areas uh, where things indeed are changing. It's becoming more and more important in a lot of debates. In terms of the types of IP, are some more important to you than others? Uh, no, they're equally important. But um, indeed, for the um, additive manufacturing, it's more about the design than for the other ones, industrial mm. designs and copyrights. 
but as you say, important across the board, all the different aspects, because one of the issues that the report highlights is that some areas of IP, for example, one that doesn't reply to you, geographical indicators, do get attention in trade negotiations, and others get relatively neglected, even though they are such an important part of the economy and so important for sectors like yours. Looking at the study as a whole, what would you highlight as, as the most important findings for your sector, and, and why would you highlight those things? Uh, the recent ICIP study shows clearly all the benefits that IP provisions bring to partner countries, improving both economic and social well-being. But in addition, it shows that stronger IPR provisions in free trade agreements increase benefits even more. So for us, the European machine tool industry is strongly export-oriented and therefore strengthening IPR provisions in existing foreign trade agreements, and especially in the new ones, would bring mutual benefits to both parties. And that is one of the main missions of this study, and CESIMO will certainly advocate in, in that direction too. So concerning the machine tool sector, as mentioned in the report, there is certainly a need to pay more attention to special IP rights such as patents and industrial design. And as I said, concerning the additive manufacturing sector, it's about copyrights and trademarks. And as the additive manufacturing sector is the future of manufacturing, we need to ensure stronger IPR provisions and in line with that, better protection of European manufacturers. And it is also from our point of view crucial because our sector brings together companies who are mainly SMEs, small and medium-sized enterprises, and strongly export-oriented. And according to this study, it's important to know that among the other IP-intensive sectors, the machinery sector has the highest share of IP-intensive exports. Now, to keep this position, as the report points out, the most positive impact on export stems from patent and patent provisions, followed by the effects of trademarks. And therefore, we believe that strengthening these provisions would result in better export performance and more export-oriented jobs in the EU member states. Of course, as I said, the benefits are mutual on both sides of the foreign trade agreements. If you allow me, I would also like to say something about indirect uh, benefits for our sector. Absolutely. Huh? Because I think just to just to, to to add here, I think one of the things that, that the report highlights is that member states don't often advocate uh, for giving this issue priority in free trade agreements because they don't necessarily understand these benefits, both direct and indirect. So it's important, uh, I think, from your perspective to, to make it clear what those benefits are, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And from our point of view, it's important to know that the higher investments among EU countries, eh, which could be achieved with stronger IP provisions in foreign trade agreements, this will increase the demand for our products in general. And therefore, among the benefits that our sector would derive directly from IPRs, we also see indirect benefits over the growing demand from our sectors. And these facts are addressed in the report by highlighting the benefits of value-added and output growth across sectors that could result from the use of stronger IPR provisions. This is also very important because we have enormous trade in the machine tool sector among the member states. Now, on the policy side, European decision makers must continue to support the business climate that will result in corporate efforts to increase investments in research and development. And I think this is largely recognized also by the Commission's Industrial Policy White Paper from 2020. I mean, talking about that white paper, and I just wanted to quote from it, uh, it says the EU needs to ensure that its IP policy helps to uphold and strengthen Europe's technological sovereignty and promote a global level playing field. So those twin objectives, 
to what extent do you think it currently does, the strategy as it stands, and to what extent do you think some of the issues you've been highlighting really need to be addressed much more closely? Yeah, indeed. The Commission addressed this issue uh, in the white paper, as you mentioned, and we very much welcome the fact that the European Commission sees the intellectual property system as a unique opportunity, not only for leveraging the economy, but also for creating an environment that's preferable to innovation. And from our perspective, it is still too early to speak about achieving the final goal. However, it is very positive to see that the Commission published an action plan on intellectual property aiming to help companies, and I repeat, especially SMEs, to make the most of their uh, inventions and creations. And on top of that, we are glad that they noticed that European companies are still not fully able to protect their inventions and capitalize on their intellectual property. In the context of free trade agreements, the Commission highlighted that they will continue to seek ambitions IP chapters with high standards of protection to ensure the level playing field for EU business and boost economic growth. And I think again that this is completely in line with this study, and we are sure that this study will be useful to policymakers to use this approach. However, since many free trade agreements have already been signed, there is a need to review the IPR sections and to advocate for a more coordinated approach when it comes to the stricter IPR provisions. So it's not just a question of future free trade agreements putting more emphasis on this. For you, it's also going back over the catalogue, as it were, of agreements we have and potentially revising them. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. As well, to review of the IPR sections and also to advocate for a more coordinated approach. And, and in very concrete terms, you've highlighted some of the areas and you underlined particularly the question of patents, the question of trademarks and so on. In terms of, of how you strengthen those provisions, how you ensure uh, that we reap the benefits, because as you highlighted, so much to be gained from those stronger IP provisions. Very concretely, what do you want to see them change? What needs to be done? Well, as I already mentioned, Europe is the world's largest machine tool producer. However, we realize that our two largest export destinations are the United States and China. And our recent ACIP study shows that 59% of IP-intensive exports reflect trade with partners that do not have bilateral IP protection agreements. So what very concrete, what we would like to see is that we have these bilateral IP protection agreements in those all of those um, uh, free trade agreements. And we share the opinion outlined in the study that this may not be a big issue in countries where IP rights are also well protected and enforced, let's say. But this could be an issue for various other countries where the IP system is much weaker. So with this forced technology transfers, eh, this is a risk to European competitiveness, and therefore European policymakers should pay more attention to the area of intellectual property rights in all types of trade agreements in order to take advantage of the mutual benefits and protect our technologies. Mm. And, and what, would, what would, sorry, Philippe, what, what would you say to those member states? I mentioned earlier, you know, a concern that member states perhaps don't see the benefits for them individually. And of course, there'll be more benefits in some countries and others, different sectors, strong in different member states. What would you say to them to convince them that this, if you like, routine neglect that the study highlights really has to be reversed, that, that they need to give this much more priority? How would you convince them to do that? 
first of all, as I already highlighted, it's it's always goes in both directions. It's beneficial for everybody who takes part in the free trade agreement. And the free trade agreement, as I said, is an excellent instrument that allows the EU to make an impact on IP area. And it should not be excluded or reduced from any type of trade agreement. And I would say this section of, of in the trade agreements should be elaborated in detail, be consistent with the sectorial approach from a stakeholder's perspective. Uh, and it's interesting, of course, because one of the things the study very much highlights is just how important uh, IP intensive industry sectors like your own are becoming for the European economy and uh, just how central they are and how so this issue becomes more important over time, uh, not less. Uh, increasingly, you said it at the beginning. It seems to me you see this as absolutely central to the competitiveness of your sector. Absolutely, yeah. It's absolutely essential to the competitiveness of this of, of our sector, and especially because uh, the competitiveness and technology superiorities, these are the main characteristics uh, that distinguish our industry and specifically the machine tool builders on a global level. And as I already mentioned, we have 35% of the global machine tool production. We want to keep it like this. And this is all thanks to, I repeat, the technology superiority. And this has to be defended by intellectual property rights. So uh, interesting to see that, that as of yet, uh, this message doesn't appear to have got through to the member states. But hopefully through this study, through the sorts of conversations we're having in these podcasts, we can begin uh, to make sure that it really is understood how important this issue is and what needs to be done to address it. Philip, it has been great talking to you. Thank you so much. Over the next few months, we'll be unpacking the findings of this eSight study in more detail through a series of activities that include events, podcasts and blogs that will allow a range of experts to share their views. As part of this, we're focusing on several exciting topics, including, among others, the European Green Deal, pharmaceutical innovation, biotech and healthcare, counterfeit products, the importance of IP for the EU's small and medium-sized enterprises, how IP can combat biodiversity loss, and why it is so important for the EU's services sector. We invite you to join the discussion on social media using the hashtag IP in EU FTAs and to follow our Trade and IP webpage at esipe.org for all future updates. Thank you very much again, Philippe, and goodbye. <music>